Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it's noon on a Tuesday. It is time for Wolfen Down Your Lunch with Aaron Maloney, who is here. Aaron. So the Arizona Cardinals head coaching surge continues as we learned of three new candidates the Cards plan to interview this week. We know that Mike Kafka is here today. Tomorrow will be Lou Anarumo. And then the following day we would expect to be Brian Callahan, but again, they plan to interview. So No guarantees after tomorrow. We'll see there. Um, but what could that mean that they're bringing in all of these other candidates? Here's ESPN's Adam Schefter. That leaves us with Indianapolis, Denver, and Arizona. Um, Arizona reached out this morning to Lou Anarumo. So that would tell you that they probably don't believe that they're going to be in a position to close on Sean Payton huh. uh, because they wouldn't be making other calls and reaching out to other candidates at this point in time if that were the case. Now, where they wind up, I don't know. I think Brian Flores would be outstanding. I think Aaron Glenn would be outstanding. Lou Anarumo would make a lot of sense. They have some guys that obviously would be pretty strong there in Arizona. So, when we look at this search, I feel like I've I've asked you guys every kind of question that I could when it comes to this. Are you taking Sean Payton as the Cardinals' next head coach or the field? Ooh, okay, that's good. That's good. Well that done. is good right Coming there. With a different angle. Took me four difficult. weeks to come up with it. But. <laughs> well, you might have another four the way they're going. Honestly, um, right now, can I just answer Adam Schefter? No, that wasn't Schefter. Who that was, was Schefter. Oh, that was Schefter? Okay. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. hopefully broadcasting here. Very interesting. Okay, Schefter, can I just tell you right now that I, I disagree with you. I think maybe the Arizona Cardinals are negotiating like some other teams may have been negotiating with the New Orleans Saints in regard to what the compensation is going to be. And maybe they've got an offer on the table they feel is really, really good for Sean Payton, a take-it-or-leave-it offer. Maybe that's what it is right there. And maybe the Saints are, (laughs) you're not going to just give us a take-it-or-leave-it offer. You're not going to hire another coach. And maybe you go ahead and you schedule these interviews to actually build a little bit of leverage and credibility to you saying we're, we're, we're moving away from you and maybe the Saints hopefully will respond now am I saying that's what's happening no I'm not but could it be yes so just to be clear it took Aaron four weeks to come up with this question and you answered Adam Schefter instead yeah. Okay. Sorry. I will. <laughs> so, what is your answer? <laughs> so, I'm still going to take the, the field right now. Yeah. Oh, you're taking Peyton over Peyton? the field. Yes. Oh, all right. Yes. I'm going to take the field still because there's so many moving parts with Peyton, but it's like 52-48 right now. So I'm taking the field, but it's close. So. When it comes to today and their interviews, are we going to read into how long those interviews last? Like if we get a tweet, you know, right now saying, hey, the Cardinals have completed their interview with Mike Kafka. We're going to read into that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> only, just, if, only if it was like less than 10 minutes. And it could be. It's just so wrong. Can you imagine if somebody said, well, Kafka was here two hours. 
that's fine. Two hours is fine. throwing it out there. He was here two hours. Yeah, how, how long was Peyton here? Oh, eight hours? Interesting. Sold. I'm not going to read into it. You're not going to read way. into that. No, but but if it's of like, yeah, Mike will. Kafka was here for like 30 minutes and then left, or he couldn't find a good parking <laughs> spot, and so he just Need never a good even showed past up. Interview yeah. number one. <laughs> The Phoenix Suns got back to winning in clutch time as they beat the Raptors 114 to 106. Here's Mikel Bridges after the game. Good, man. Just we winning. Like, that's the biggest thing. I just tell everybody, like, all these stats and the losses is what? You know what I'm saying? I just, I just, I grew up and the biggest thing is always on mine is winning a game. So, just trying to win, man. That's the biggest thing. And, Doing whatever it takes, just being aggressive, that's one of the things. And I'm just trying to keep going. Um, that's whatever it takes, honestly. How impressed have you guys been with Mikel Bridges? He's probably been the most impressive son this season with what he's done over the last uh, three or four weeks. If that continues, I should say, he'll be the most impressive Phoenix Sun so far this season. Because everything Devin Booker does, uh, Booker was really good before he got hurt. But everything Booker does, the bar is set so high that it's better than what Mikel Bridges has done. But it's hard to impress us as Devin Booker because he's already done pretty much all of it. Yeah, confidence is a currency of competition right now. Mikel Bridges in this absence of Devin Booker, um, especially as of late right now, what we're seeing from Mikel Bridges is a maturation, a development in his career going forward. And the confidence that he's gaining right now will not subside anytime soon. It will not. Mikel Bridges put on the robe and start dancing in front of the mirror because what are you becoming? Google it, my young dog. Google it. Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, who is the Suns' most valuable player not named Devin Booker? DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, Chris Paul, Mikel Bridges, or other? Boy, this is tough. It's, it's a tough it's, one it's, right it's, now. It's, it's, two, it's two names. Well, okay. Right? Go ahead. Well, yeah, I would say two names. Okay. Chris Paul. Yeah. Mikel Bridges. Bridges. Yeah. Okay. So, 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 so you were waiting to see if I would say synchronicity it. of it all. And, and Mikel Bridges. No, I'm, I'm just saying um, Chris Paul playing the way Chris Paul has been playing over the last five games. That's what I would say. The way that Chris Paul has played recently, not the way he was playing at the beginning of the season, but recently, that looks like Chris Paul to me. If if it's who has been their most valuable player, I will go with Mikel Bridges. If it's who is their most important player going forward, it's Chris Paul. So if it really is just who has been the Suns' most valuable player, not named Devin Booker so far this season, I'll go with Mikel. 47%. Say DeAndre Ayton. Forty-five percent say Mikel Bridges. Six percent Chris Paul. Two percent Cam Johnson. Zero percent other. Wow! Not one person voted for other. Wow! Nobody voted for other. Funny. Are you not shocked by that? I am shocked by that. And and knowing the Suns fan base, it would be 47% say DA, and the other 53% would have him last on the list. You know what I mean? Like if you were tallying, if you were doing votes one through four for each of these guys, DA would have the most first place and most last place votes. I am blown away by that. I'm surprised by that too. Wow. Because usually the, uh, the, the anti DA. 
crew is, is a lot louder than the pro DA crew at this point. Wow. wow interesting. Man. The answer is Mikel Bridges, but that is interesting. All right, when we come back, that was uh, Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. When we come back, uh, who does Paul Calvisi think the Cardinals' next head coach will be? We're going to have to ask him about what he said on Gatos and Chad yesterday. We're going to ask the Cardinals' side, uh, sideline reporter everything next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bali. Arizona Sports. Cardinals head coaching search. Update. 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 Alright, Wolf promises to be nice to our next guest. You promise without knowing who it is, Wolf? Uh, I do know. Oh, uh, well. Then I guess all bets are off. Paul Calvisi joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line to talk a little Cardinals head coaching search. Polly, how you doing? It's time somebody made Tuesday the most productive day of the week. Oh boy. If, <laughs> if, if Tyler Huntley can go to the Pro Bowl, then you know what? We can do this. We can do this. Let's go. Yeah. How, what, Tyler Huntley had, what, two touchdown passes this year and he's going to the Pro Bowl? I, I, I have no explanation. That's, that is a no comprendo. There's no question about that. How does that happen? Um, um, why do they allow that to happen? And, yeah. and let's let's hope they certainly don't consider Tyler Huntley a Pro Bowler. That better not be on his resume as he's like the fourth alternate or whatever it was. So in lieu of the game, of course, they're going to go ahead and set up an obstacle course, I believe, Paul. And that's what they It's just crazy. Yeah. It's it's back to like the 70s, you know, battle of the superstars. And <laughs> right. Honestly, it really is. Was there an event that's diving over the goal line and not fumbling? Because Tyler Huntley would not be good at that. Oh, oh boy. I'm Hello. just trying to give a preview. Well, all right. Well, the bar was Harsh. set pretty low here. Cheap shots. All here right. we go. <laughs> here we go. Wolf, yeah. Get ready, Paul. Right, I Polly. mean, Luke, you're telling Wolf to be nice. What are you doing? Well, but I haven't <laughs> taken shots at you. See, I'm just doing I it behind see. people's backs. I see. Right. Okay. Right. Just some hit and run jobs. Yeah. Now, also, I have this uh, audio here that I'm just going to play because it was put in front of me, and that's what I do, Paul. Oh, no. It looks like uh, Paul Calvisi from Gatos and Chad. Uh, Sean Payton by this time next week. We'll see. You think that's going to happen? Uh, I think they're negotiated right now. They keep adding names to the interview list. I think they're telling Peyton and they're telling the Saints, bring your price down. No one else is coming after you. We'll go hire someone else if we have to. I think the Cardinals are truly interested, but right now they're negotiating on the price, both to Peyton and to the Saints. I tell you what, Paulie, I don't disagree. (laughs) Okay, now look. um, First off, I was yelling there because we were at the very end, and and the three of us were yelling at each other, and 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 the producer screamed my ear. uh, You know, we got to go. So, uh, okay, so so I was a little amped up at the very end. Talking to Chad. Chad's always yelling. Notice though that I said negotiating, not finalizing, negotiating. Yeah, I'm not saying it's happening. Right. I'm saying negotiating. And sometimes you need to negotiate um, by what you do instead of what you say. So the Cardinals go out and they bring in more candidates. I'm not saying the candidates, and reportedly it's Mike Kafka today, the Giants offensive coordinator. I'm not saying these aren't legitimate candidates. I'm just saying that, um, you know what? I think they're making sure the Saints take notice, first and foremost, and then Sean Payton. I'm guessing that the price to Payton isn't nearly as much an obstacle as the price to the Saints. Yeah. Yes, Paulie, that's that's where I think it is right now. So of the three the three coaches are going to allegedly interview here, Lou An- Anaruma, right? I said that yep. right. Mm-hmm. That's tomorrow reportedly. Right. Of course, Brian Callahan, of yep, course. That's Thursday. Okay. And then Kafka, who is today, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. 
Of those three, who do you like the most? Well, based on what we've heard, Anarumo and his leadership, you know, look, we'll go back to the very beginning of this search. You can bring in the next hot offensive or defensive coordinator, the next big football mind, the X's and O's. But who's a leader of men? And what we've heard about Anarumo is he does have that ability. Now, Mike Kafka's interesting. In fact, we just got done talking with, with Drew Stanton. He has a little bit of familiarity, and he pointed out that Kafka started, you know, in 18 and 19, was a quarterback coach in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. I get it. He's Patrick Mahomes, then the passing game coordinator in 2020. But look what Kafka just did with Daniel Jones. Yeah. Was there a better before and after one season to the next than Daniel Jones this year? He was a turnover machine. And look at how good he was under Dayball and Mike Kafka. So, okay, if the primary qualification or asset you want the next head coach to have is the ability to develop Kyla Murray, then you know what? That's a pretty good case study, what he just did with Daniel Jones. I'm not considering him a leader in the clubhouse. In fact, to be honest with you, I'd probably say Brian Flores might be the most realistic leader in the clubhouse right now. Interesting. But, but Flores doesn't have another team going after him. So that provides the Cardinals with the ability to continue the search to see if anybody blows their hair back, to see if maybe Sean Payton and or the Saints come down in their asking price because I don't see anyone else out there offering Brian Flores a head coaching gig, so you sort of have him waiting in the bullpen, and he still still might be the guy. I'd love to have an answer as to who his offensive coordinator would be because anybody with a defensive background has to answer that question, and that would probably be the first question Anarumo tomorrow. Yeah, it would be interesting if all of a sudden the Colts are like, hey, we're interviewing Brian Flores, how quickly this might ramp up. Uh, Paul Calvisi is joining us. Paulie, if it's not Sean Payton, is there a profile that you're looking for for the next coach? Like for me, I don't necessarily want a first-year head coach. I don't really want a first-year offensive mind, even if these guys are are overly qualified. I, I would lean defense and I would lean experience, but maybe that doesn't matter. What do you think? Typically, they tend to go the opposite, and the last two head coaching hires were first-time NFL head coaches. I get it, but if someone is just ultra-talented, like a D'Amico Ryans, then you got to go. If someone's going to be that rock star, that superstar head coach, then you know what? That doesn't matter. You're just looking for the most qualified guy. Do I think it's an asset that a Brian Flores has head coaching experience? Absolutely. But above and beyond that, with a new GM and a new head coach coming in and still a young quarterback, uh, I think that guy who can really create that culture, you know, it's not necessary as much to me, at least when I watch the Bengals, Joe Burrow is that culture. Jalen Hurts with the Eagles. Mm -hmm. You hear his Eagles teammates talk about him and about he's the guy and everyone's following Jalen Hurts. I think that's been a huge asset to a Nick Sirianni. In this case, especially with Kyler Murray being injured and not being able to be on the field at the beginning of the new head coaching tenure, I think that guy better be responsible in a large part for the culture in the building and around the organization. That's just me. When When I see you're trying to evaluate these guys, can he be that guy in terms of setting the tone and the standard for the entire operation? We're talking to Paul No Rhythm Calvisi here on the Wolf and Luke Show. <laughs> Paulie, let me ask you about Sean Payton. Um, do you think 
Do you think Sean Payton is, what do you think the percentages are that Sean Payton is going to be the next head coach for the Arizona Cardinals? Can I give you a percentage, Paul? Can I throw that out to you? Because for me, it's 50-50. I'll go 35.7%. Okay, (laughs) stop it. 35-65. Well, if you're asking me the percentage question, I mean... 35-65. Is that what you're saying? Also, you gave him 50-50, which is like not giving a percentage. That's what I was saying. I gave. Yeah, 50-50 is like, I don't know. That's great. That's Throw it up in the air. That's where I think I'm at right That's now. That's my answer and answer with a 50-50. <laughs> Do I think that Sean Payton would much rather be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys or maybe the L.A. Rams or the L.A. Chargers? Yes. But you can't tell me that Sean Payton... Being at the Cardinals for seven-plus hours, yeah. according to Cam Cox, who, who staked it out, out out in the sidewalk outside. Hey, Cam was all over it, Paul. Was he out there for all seven hours? Probably do we know if Cam was just sitting out there waiting? I can verify. I can tell you Cam was out there because I interviewed him at one point. I went out with my cell phone. I did an interview with Cam Cox, and at some point I'll tweet it out when this whole thing comes to an end. But I'm like, Cam, what are you doing out here, and how long are you willing to wait on this sidewalk? And he had an exclusive because no one else is willing to wait, so we give him the hustle award Cam Cox and that. But if Sean Payton was around for seven plus hours, that's not nothing, right? I mean, if he made it through lunch and it continued into the afternoon, then I'm guessing there was substance to those talks. That's just me uh, surmising from the outside looking in. Put it this way, Polly, could you stick around and do a seven hour interview with myself and Wolf? There's no way we would make it through seven hours. Wolf isn't even around next week. There are two kinds of Arizona residents right now. Those who are renting out their house next week to Super Bowl visitors and those who are not. <laughs> Wolf, what would be your price? We know. I mean, Polly, get out of here, What man. would Wolf's price be to rent out the compound next week? You should make that the poll question. It's just not happening, Paul. See, that's right. Wolf, it's just are, not going to happen. Are you less likely to use a public restroom or rent out the compound for the week? That's the question. Put up some multiple choice okay. issues up there. All right. Every man has his price, Paul. I think we all understand that. Yeah. Every man has his price, and I would have mine because right. there's no way I'm using the public restroom. I can guarantee you Sean Payton's the coach, but you have to rent out your house to a bunch of randos for a week. Would you do it? <laughs> You don't even get to screen the randos. They're just randos. What's rando? Rand- it's just random people. Oh, oh, randos. Listen to you with the terminology, the slang. Paulie, you don't have to be here for this anymore. I apologize. Thank you for the time. Hey, Paul, thank you, dude. He'd be less likely to eat a pumpkin pie. That'd be the last choice. <laughs> oh, so there you go. That. So, okay, we even did your poll question for you today. All right. Okay, Paulie. Paul. Yeah. Huh? All right. That's Paul Calvisi joining us right there on the uh, Arizona Sports Line. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 62620 right now. We come back. What kind of player <laughs> is Mikael Bridges becoming? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cut him off. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You heard it right there in uh, Eric Ruby's update. Mikael Bridges. Wolfie, all right over there. It's getting authenticated left and right. How many times are you going to get locked out of your own computer? Excuse me, I'm trying to actually do a broadcast. Thank you. No, well, you can't. (laughs) You have to go through seven layers of security because we can't prove you are who you are. Um, The game last night, Mikael Bridges, this was not a one-off now. We've seen him, I don't want to say struggle earlier in the year, but... 
have to go through some growing pains in a role where they were asking him to be more of a scorer or be a guy that's that's going to be able to take a shot at the end of the game and hit it. And it's not like he suddenly is Devin Booker. But you're talking about a guy who's averaging, what, 12 points a game for his entire career? And over the last month, just the month of January, he's averaging almost 20. And really, if you go over like the last couple weeks, I can't do the math off the top of my head because there's a lot of numbers here, but it's, it's well over 20. And, you know, you get into the playoffs. Again, everything's through the lens of the playoffs. But is this a guy now that if Devin Booker has an off shooting, not even night, like a first quarter, We've said this how many times? If Devin Booker comes out in game four of a playoff series, his shot's just not falling in the first quarter. Somebody else has to hit shots to keep you in the game because those shots will be falling for Devin Booker in the third quarter. You just can't fall behind by 25 at the first half. Right. Mikel Bridges is starting to look like another guy, and obviously you have Cam and you know Chris Paul when, when he's at, Who at can the top of his off. game. Yeah, now you start to have more options. It's not just Devin Booker. You know, having more options, I think, if there was a theme to the Phoenix Suns in the start of the regular season. That was it. This was something you were talking about yesterday, and I think you're right on it. We've talked about it many times, um, and maybe not to the degree in which we are right now, but in regard to coming into this season and saying, hey, we've got to find options we have to find options on this team. Chris we, Paul flat out said it. Yes. At the start of the we, season. We can't do it. So, yeah, you know, I, I think this has really been beneficial, of course, that you've had guys that have missed uh, a lot of games. You've had guys like Devin Booker missing a lot of games. You've had guys like Chris Paul missing a lot of games. Camp Johnson. And now Mikal Bridges, finally, I think it, it's starting to it's starting to pay off because Mikal Bridges, you can see him actually grow before our very eyes right now. Confidence is the currency of competition. You need to be confident. You buy and sell performances based on how you go out and perform. And that confidence, man, that confidence gives you a lasting impression that is going to help you develop as a man, as a person, as a player. And I think that's what we're seeing with Mikael Bridges right now. This is uh, Monty Williams asked after the game how important this evolution is for Mikael Bridges. The scuttlebutt was, I even heard it on my dock in Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like you hear everybody saying, hey, Mikael and Cam need to do this and that. And it's, we don't live in that world or allow that world to dictate what we do. But we we also understood that for us to grow as a team, we had to create different ways to score, especially in moments like tonight. And, you know, the thing that's impressive about what Mikhail is doing, he's got pretty much the best defender on him down the stretch, and he's able to do some of this stuff. And so um, to answer your question, probably not, because we didn't know we were going to have all these guys out. But we're certainly grateful that we're seeing this type of growth from a guy that puts the work in every day and is uh, willing to step up in those moments. Options. That's what it's all about. Options, alternatives. They've got it right now because of Mikael Bridges and because of Cam Johnson. They've got it. 23 points a game for Mikael Bridges over his last nine games. Remember how big of a deal it used to be, and this is going back to last year, it was like, hey, if Mikael Bridges scores 20 or more in a game, they win that game. There was yeah. a stretch There was a stretch last year to the start of this year. I think it was 14 straight games. If he scored more than 20 points, they won the game. Now, that's obviously changed over the course of the season because there were games where he put up 20. They didn't have enough other guys to score. But 
it's a far cry from, hey, man, when Mikel hits 20, they win because it happens so... I don't want to say so infrequently like he couldn't score before, but it just wasn't a big part of, of his game the way it is now. I mean, he'd score, he'd give you 12 points a night or whatever, but he's averaging 23 points a game over his last nine games, and he hasn't sacrificed yeah. the other stuff he does. Right. And would you also say that Cam Johnson has also developed into an option for the Phoenix Suns? Yes. yes. But I always looked at him as more of a scorer than Mikel anyway. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Yet I bring this up because did anyone see Cam Johnson play last night? Cam had a raw. I just could not. Just could I'm not laughing as I say it because we, we all can laugh because we know Cam Johnson is a really good basketball player. Thank you. Thank you, Cam, for being that really good basketball player. But one of nine from the floor. Man. <laughs> one of six from beyond the arc. Even one or two from the free throw line. <laughs> it was just when he shot the free throws at the very end of the game. Right. And he missed the first one. <laughs> and Eddie Johnson was just like, uh, it's not Cam's night. <laughs> yeah. You you need this. He's got to hit that second one just to make it a three-possession game yeah. at that point in time. Yeah, that was kind of a big, you know what, the game will find you, right, Cam? But he really struggled and made his first shot, basically, with just under six minutes to go in the third quarter. <laughs> that was the, that's the first bucket he scored. Cam Johnson, we're talking about here, and they won. And they won if the I, game if, again. If I tell you Fred Van Vliet puts up twenty four and he's yes. not on the Suns yet, Cam Johnson <laughs> can't hit a shot, and Devin Booker's not playing. You, you're thinking, okay, the Suns probably lost this game. Then that's yeah. not a great equation for success, but it, it worked out. You wouldn't just assume that Da went out there and took. Took over the game and, you know, slammed it home. Uh, No, I wouldn't assume that with D.A. Yeah. DeAndre Aiden played so much better last night, ladies and gentlemen. This is something we've got to talk about as well. We do. Um, uh, Real quick here on Cam. He had the big game going. So before he got hurt, he had that huge game on November 1st, 29 points, 10 of 17 shooting, 7 of 11 from 3. Got hurt five minutes into the Portland game, so he had no stats there. Comes back. Good game in the opener against Brooklyn, 19 points. Then kind of has a down night against Memphis, but then 24 points on 82% shooting against Charlotte. 22 on 67% shooting against Dallas. Was decent against the Spurs, but then last night, four points on one of nine shooting. Here's Monty Williams. Just Cam is, I think he's going to be like this for a while where he shoots lights out and then he's going to have nights like tonight. But the thing that I love about our guys is they can have tough shooting nights, to find different ways to affect the game. Um, and we've seen that with a number of players. Torrey does it a lot where he may not be knocking down the shot or get any attempts and he finds a way to defend or get offensive rebounds for us. And, you know, Cam found a way tonight to affect the game without, you know, knocking down a bunch of shots. Yeah, you know what? I love that as well. The fact that Cam did that. Of all the starters, he had the best plus minus. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. He found a way. Plus minus, minus was higher than his point total. Yeah. <laughs> right, that, that was good. But, but, he, but he found that a way to do it. But he found a way to go out and contribute to the win. And that's exactly what Monty was talking about there. I think it speaks to the general character of this team as well. And the way that Monty coaches them. Uh, here's Chris Paul 
back to Mikel Bridges for a second. I think the stretch where that was not being booked. You know what I mean? Like, I had been out, Book had been playing, Book had been out, and I had been playing, but when we both were out, there's a lot of responsibility on him. You know? And so, uh, one time during the game tonight, I just we was on the bench, and I said, it's crazy having to try to make every play, ain't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? And he, because he, he plays every night, he guards the best defender, I mean, the best offensive player every night, and we need him to do that, so... Big time player. That would be the definition of of things paying off for the last you know two months when when everybody was hurt. Is if Mikel Bridges, yeah. you heard Monty Williams in the first cut I played. They weren't they weren't expecting that. They didn't come into the season thinking they needed that level of improvement from Mikel Bridges. But the situation kind of forced it because as Chris Paul's talking right there and he's saying, yeah, there's games where I was out and Book was out and we were both out. Well, don't forget Cam Johnson was also out for all of those too. So Mikel Bridges may have. May have been capable of this all along, but it was not really in the cards for him to be pushed to this level until they kind of had to have somebody step up. And now there are moments in these games where he's like, he looks like he's like, oh, oh yeah, I, I can put up 24. Oh, put up 24, you know, every other night and, and still do what I'm doing on defense. I was blown away just Mikal Bridges, how, how well he played in all areas. He was as good on the offensive end of the floor, even better than he was on the defensive end of the floor. And you don't say that very often about Mikael Bridges. It's not that he can't do it, but he's such a great defender, of course. We're talking about one of the best, if not the best, wing defenders in the game in Mikael Bridges. Um, He played so well all over. He he brought the ball up the floor. Uh, multiple times. He facilitated and distributed the ball well. He, he shot the ball well, of course. Uh, Mikhail did it all for them. The best thing about Bridges and even Cam Johnson, we were talking about their shooting, is if they have an off night, you know, if Mikhail goes out there tomorrow against Atlanta and, and doesn't have the same game, this team is not constructed in a way where Mikhail Bridges yeah. has to have that game every right. night to win. But when he does have a game like that, you're probably going to win. And again, they're doing all this without Devin Booker. So, Cam Johnson won one of nine. Exactly. I mean, they, and they look, they weren't playing like the Celtics last night. I get that too. But still, it's these are secondary scoring options. These are when you get to a playoff game and Devin Booker's not hitting his shots to start the game or Chris Paul looks a little bit off, it's not just over. You have Mikel Bridges or Cam Johnson or DA that can step in and do something. Yet they were playing the Toronto Raptors, who have some really good players out on the floor of their starting lineup. What's wrong? Yeah, I can't figure out Toronto because none of those guys have really missed a huge chunk of time either. Starting next Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Just text Super to 620-620 to register. And once you hear your name, call in within the time frame. You could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. That's Super. Text that to 620-620. It's Arizona Sports All Access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. All right, when we come back, what are the keys going to be to Super Bowl 57 will tell you what uh, what NFL.com thinks could determine the winner, and we'll, um, we'll determine if that's right or not. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Wolf, how do you approach watching the Super Bowl? 
Because, like, for me, like, I don't really care who wins this game, right? So I'm just, yeah. since we have the extra week, I'm just kind of letting it marinate. I'm just kind of like, who do I naturally find myself hoping wins? And who do I kind of think is going to win? Right. Um, that's a great question because, first and foremost, all I can think of is please, 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 please make it a competitive game going into the fourth quarter. That's right. Please. How? how? I, I, the, the thought of, of seeing something like what happened to San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's horrifying to me. Yeah. In the, in the premier game of the year. So I'm hoping, first and foremost, nothing like that happens. Typically, and I know, like, historically, there were some bad Super Bowls, like really lopsided ones. But typically, like, the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years, they're, t- they're usually pretty good games. Uh, I mean, there's a couple. That Denver, was it Denver-Seattle game? Remember that Super Bowl? I drove all the way out to San Diego for a Super Bowl party that one particular year. And it was over by the time we sat down. So that was fun. Yeah. Over. But, but generally. You drove out by yourself? No, I drove out with other people. Oh. And we got to somebody's house for the party. And it was like, oh, by the way, the game's over. It's like, oh, we're only a minute and a half in. Oh, yeah, no, it's done. So, so how many good. hours did it take you? We didn't just, like, turn around once we saw the score. I don't know. The drive to San Diego is like five hours. Okay, it? five hours. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you stopped along the way, that type oh, of thing. Great. Well, Especially we drove the crew out. you're driving around with, <laughs> we the drove entourage. Out, drove out on Sunday morning, so you had to make sure you got there for the game. So, look, it's probably going to be a good game. <laughs> oh, you wanted to get off that, I say. Okay, proceed. Well, no, I just... I, no, that's... I, you just wanted to get off your entourage. Okay. Um, if it's going to be a lopsided game... <laughs> Doesn't it kind of feel like it would be a Philadelphia win? I don't think it's going to be lopsided. I think we have a good game going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's just so difficult for me to think that Jalen Hurts is going to outplay Pat Mahomes. I'm not saying Philly's going to win. I'm saying if no. you if you knew right now it was going to be a blowout, wouldn't you kind of pick against the team with the kind of injured quarterback and the beat-up receiving crew and... Yeah, um, I don't see the Chiefs blowing the Eagles out. <laughs> and that Eagles defense is better. I, I just, you know, when you think of the quarterback play, and this has been my problem all year long, Jalen Hurts has played incredibly well. Made great decisions. They have talent at the skill position. They they are loaded. The Philadelphia Eagles, I said this week four when the Cardinals played them, and I'll say it again because it applies. They have no weakness, the Philadelphia Eagles, save for one. Run the ball at them in a north-south way right in between the tackles. That, to me, is their weakness. Run the ball at them. I don't know if the Kansas City Chiefs are built to actually take advantage of that. I think we're going to see. I think they're going to try. But they have Pat Mahomes. <laughs> and You're not going to take the ball out of Mahomes' hands. I'm not, I'm not, it's like saying Pat Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the game. And by the way, when it's all said and done, he's going to be one of the best to ever play the game. So, I can't. I can't think that he's not going to go out and find a way to score points in this game. I tell you, I I obviously haven't seen every quarterback play, but of the quarterbacks I have seen play, if you just, if you're just like, all right, sit down and watch this random game. Tom Brady is the best quarterback. I get it. But the ones just, the eye test for me, it's been Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers have been the two best quarterbacks I've watched play. 
just watching them. For me, it was Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning would be, the yeah. Did, the way he went about his business, the the way he knew the game plan. He, he was a coach with a mouth guard and a helmet. Yeah, you're right. No, Manning would be there, too, because I remember I used to get into all these debates of, oh, it's Manning versus Brady, but then Brady kept winning and Manning kept Brady not. just, Brady was Brady. Yeah. Um, here, this is the story on NFL.com today. They are going through six factors that could determine the Chiefs-Eagles Super Bowl. Okay, okay some six. Yeah. The number is six. The number of man. Let's throw some of these out at you, and you tell me if which one you want to... Let's see. Uh, Patrick Mahomes needs to keep blowing us away. Well, I think he's probably going to do that. Okay, that's... that's I guess that's number factor. one. That's a good one, because that's what I think of. I, I think uh, the Eagles are going to blow them out. The the Eagles are... If there is a blowout, they're going to blow... Well, Pat Mahomes... No, I just can't see that happening. Kind of, the more I'm thinking about this, though, the more, like, for the Chiefs to win, Mahomes has got to play out of his mind. Now, the thing is, Mahomes always plays out of his mind. <laughs> so maybe that's not the worst thing in the world, but I just feel like the Eagles could win with their defense. They could win with Miles Sanders. They could win with Jalen Hurts. Uh, their second one is Jalen Hurts needs to make history. Uh, and the first line says the one thing we've never seen happen in the NFL is a team winning a championship with a true dual threat quarterback. <laughs> I guess that's true. I never really thought of it that way, but I guess that is true. Wow. Just right funny. now, if you're driving around the car, right? You're driving in the car, I should say, driving around the base, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, no, that's the way. What? Maybe Russell Wilson, no. but do you not consider him a true dual threat? Yes. Okay, well, then Russell Wilson's right. So then this guy's wrong. Seahawks won a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson did used to be good, even though we all I, forgot that Honestly, right. How, how could he say that about, yeah, because you're right. Russell Wilson? I don't know. I didn't vet the whole article before we went on the air. Yeah, okay. I didn't write it. I disagree it with that. Okay, well, next. Uh, the Eagles' pass rush must dominate. I think it probably will. <laughs> yeah. They have to dominate, and that pass rush is really, really good. And, yeah, you got to get to Pat Mahomes. This is going to be really interesting because Andy Reid, the knock against him over the years, of course, has been his lack of wanting to run the ball, period, and build a very physical scheme, even though he used a fullback and uses a fullback. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if the Kansas City Chiefs come out in rundown situation, first and ten, second and one to six, and try to run the ball. They have to, to give Pat Mahomes a chance, to give their offensive line a chance to hold up against that pass rush. They've got to stay as balanced as they possibly can. And if they don't, it's going to be their undoing. Steve Young, too. Dual threat quarterback. Yeah, and Steve Young ran. But here's the whole thing. Um, I think maybe he's talking about in the modern era now where you see quarterbacks out of the spread. Okay, so like the RPO. Read, okay. The RPOs. Yeah. There we go. We're going to run him. We're going we're gonna to run him. And I, I think maybe that's what he's maybe talking that's, about. He, he because Russell Wilson was a dual threat quarterback. Yeah, and... They just didn't run a lot of plays for him. The zone read was around when Russell Wilson, they would do it from time to time. He'd go ahead, fake the ball, get the edge when it was critical. But it was in the very 
early stages of that spread offense. I feel like, yeah, I'm going to look up. I don't need to look up him. We know he was a dual threat quarterback, so maybe you're right. Maybe that's what they meant. Uh, Number four on their list is the Chiefs' defense must continue to deliver. I would say the Chiefs' defense playing as well as it did on Sunday was not a surprise, but but I didn't necessarily expect that. I expected Chris Jones to shut everybody up with, oh, you've never had a sack in a a playoff game before because, I mean, the guy was almost a defensive player of the year candidate this year, if not for Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa. But I didn't expect the Chiefs to hold Cincinnati to 20 points. Here's what the Kansas City Chiefs' defense has got to do. They have got to tackle base and earnings. They have got to tackle well. You go back and you look at the Cincinnati Bengals and the fact the Bengals beat the Kansas City Chiefs three consecutive games before this last game, this AFC Championship game. Um, Their tackling in those three games was atrocious. And that is what they're going to have to improve because the Eagles, they've got talent. They've got some skill players that are really, really good. Miles Sanders, I'll take him as a running back any day. Boy, talk about another guy whose career was, not that it was bad, but it has really taken off this season with the Eagles, where he was just in the past, he's like, okay, he's a decent running back, you know, he's good in college, just kind of a guy, middle of the pack. He has been a difference maker uh, for a team that's probably, they're at least going to the Super Bowl. I I find myself tending to think the Eagles might win this uh, Super Bowl. All right, we'll get maybe more into this list later on in the show, but coming up next, we'll give you the latest on the Cardinals head coaching search and what Sean Payton could be thinking about his future. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.